Welcome to Fresh Bread from Candy's Kitchen. Thank you for joining me today. So today we're going to look at a topic that uh, maybe is a little different than some of the others, but I think it will really be good for all of us to think about and take to heart and maybe do something with it. So here we go. I'm sure most of you have heard the saying that says, there are some things that are worse than death. And I came across a scripture that has just stuck with me that had in it a sentence that I would say would be worse than death itself. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And what we're going to talk about is a person that contracted somehow the disease of leprosy. If you go back in scripture and look at Leviticus chapters 13 and 14, you'll see a lot that is written about leprosy. And I'm not going to get into all of that. But if a person came up with Uh, a spot that was white, they would go to the priest and they would watch it for a a while. And then if it just did not heal or it spread, uh, the scripture tells us in Leviticus chapter 13, it says, and the leper in whom the plague and his clothes shall be rent and his head bare, and he shall put on a covering upon his upper, upper lip and shall cry, unclean, unclean, all the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. He is unclean, he shall dwell alone, without the camp shall his habitation be. So if you got this leprosy, You were basically an unclean person. You could not live at your home. You could not be with your husband or wife or your friends or your children. And to me, that would be a sentence of something that would be worse than death. Because as far as I'm concerned, most of real life is the people that you are surrounded by that love you, that care about you. Um, And you you, you become a physical outcast. You're an emotional outcast. I mean, I can't imagine. Uh, Psychologically, you're you're an outcast. You're a failure as a family member, Uh, especially if you're a husband or wife or you have children. Uh, you, you no longer could have your friends. Loneliness would set in um, that would be, I mean, I can't even imagine really. And, and then there's really no hope uh, because the only way, according to the Jewish law, that you could go back into society is if this leprosy were somehow to change its course and uh, you were healed somehow. And yet, uh, I, so I, in scripture, what I, I saw was actually prior to Jesus coming to earth, there were three times in the Old Testament where uh, lepre- leprosy was actually healed. And um, a couple of them 
really, to me, don't really count. The first one would have been Moses at the burning bush when the Lord tells him to take his hand and put it into his bosom. And when he takes his hand out, his hand is white and leprous. But then the Lord says, now put your hand back into your bosom. And he does, and he comes out and his and his hand is perfectly fine. So the Lord was, without getting into all that, he was trying to get his attention. And he knew that leprosy would get his attention. Then the next time uh, we see uh, Miriam, the sister of Moses, uh, she has gone up against Moses and the Lord puts leprosy on her. It's a, a punishment. And she has to move without the camp. But then the Lord heals her. Aaron cries for her healing. Moses cries for her healing. And the Lord heals her. And she's allowed to come back into the camp. So both of those were uh, times when the Lord had actually put leprosy on somebody. But it went away rather quickly. The third time in Scripture was Elisha and um, the story of Elisha and Naaman. And so that was, that was an interesting story that we don't really want to get into right now. But there was, needless to say, if you got leprosy, you didn't have a lot of history of people being cleansed from leprosy. And leprosy generally got worse. Uh, it would spread. It would um, sometimes there were losses of limbs or or, or parts of a, a of your body that would just kind of eat away. Uh, one of the things that I read said that if you were uh, a leper, you would lose the sense of feeling, which made it very uh, dangerous. So. That's probably one of the reasons why you had to be without a camp because if like if you were at your home or something, you couldn't feel if there was a fire or anything, and so it would have been extremely dangerous not only for you but those that you live you live with so leprosy was awful, and yet, even though Leviticus thirteen and fourteen is gut wrenching to me, there still is hope. And I, I, as I was thinking about this, I thought, is there hope? Because the law is given by Moses, but God gave Moses the law. And was God looking through time when he was going to come in that body of Jesus to that time where there was going to be hope for some lepers that he would be able to send according to the law back to the priest for them to look at them and pronounce them totally clean. So I don't I don't know all of those things, but I I do know that Jesus does come on the scene and I know that there is a story in Luke chapter 5 that I want us to take a look at. So there is a man, a certain there's a man he's, he's in a certain city and the Bible says that he is not just a leper, so he's not someone that has just gotten leprosy, but the Bible says that he is full of leprosy. He is in, in, in a bad stage of leprosy. If there is something that says it's stage one, stage two, stage three, he's, he's full of it. 
leprosy is everywhere. There's, to him, there's no hope. To him, he's that physical outcast. He's emotionally probably spent. He's, he's a failure. Maybe, maybe for some time, maybe his, his wife, let's just say, maybe she would bring him something to eat and have to uh, just put it on the side of the road and he could come get it, but he could never touch her. He could never hug her. He could never kiss his children. And so here's a man that is full of leprosy. And being full of leprosy, it's full of not just the illness, the sickness, but it's all of those psychological things that would have gone along with that. Somehow he had heard about Jesus. And I know I've said this before in a podcast, but we can never, ever, ever think that talking about Jesus is not going to help somewhere, sometime. We need to share Jesus and all that Jesus can do because you just never know that the person that you're talking to, they may down the road need that exact thing that you have shared with them about how wonderful Jesus has been to you. So somehow this man full of leprosy, this man that is without the camp, uh, he, he sees Jesus and he, he falls on his face. He's like, I've got one chance and I'm going to go before this Jesus. And he says to him something very interesting. He says, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. In other words, I have heard that you have performed miracles before. And I have the faith that you can make me clean. Maybe there's only been three other people in the Old Testament, but I know you can make me clean. But it's the way he says it that really caught my attention. He says, Lord, if thou wilt. Lord, if you will you can make me clean. And that just showed to me what was on the inside of this man. He's feeling like a zero person. He's feeling like a nobody. He's, he's looking at it like, I want your help. I, I know you can heal me, but I know that I am a worthless man with leprosy. I am worthless. There's nothing in me that anybody would want. I'm living a life that's worse than any death. But he, so he's, he's thinking negatively about himself. I'm not sure, Jesus, if you really would want to heal me. But Lord, if you would, if if you would look down on me, I know you can make me clean. And so the question is, so what does Jesus do? And what Jesus does that just has been with me that I can't get away from it, it says Jesus put forth his hand and touched him and said, I will be thou clean. Jesus touches the untouchable or the one that should never 
have ever been touched again. Jesus knew the power of a touch. That power of that touch gave a healing that started emotionally, uh, psychologically. There's something about the power of a touch. And then Jesus says, I will be thou clean. It made me wonder, and it's not written in scripture, so don't, I don't take this to the bank or anything like that. But when I read that a leper had a loss of feeling, and this man was full of leprosy, it made me think that when Jesus touched him, that that feeling maybe returned and it gave the man that feeling, something good is about to happen in my life. And Jesus said, I will be thou clean. And then he sends them to the priest and they have to go through all the ceremonial uh, offerings and, and checking to make sure that he's healed and all of those things. But that's not really what this podcast is about. It's about touching someone that feels like they are a nobody. Um, research shows us, and I take this from psychology today, research shows that touch is the best way to comfort. If you ask people how they'd comfort someone in a given situation, they tend to list pats, hugs, and different kinds of touch behaviors more than anything else. Even opposite-sex friends, for example, who usually don't touch a lot so they won't send the wrong signals, won't worry about being misinterpreted, she says. Maybe that's because there are times during intense grief or fear, but also in an ecstatic moments of joy or love, when only the language of touch can fully express what we feel. And that was said by someone named Guerrero, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And again, it was from Psychology Today. The touch, the power of the touch. This man needed desperately to be touched. Now, leprosy is not something major in the United States of America. And if someone uh, got leprosy, we have medicines and things. But it was a different world back then. But how many times, maybe in your life, or somebody that you've seen that's needed a touch, uh, can, uh, maybe you can understand this story a little bit. I'm going to tell a story um, about, and I'm going to be very... Uh, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but I know of a lady that went to a church one night. She, she had bad things that had happened in her life. And, and anybody that knows a little bit about people know that when you've gone through hardships and tough times and rejection, it makes you hard. And so, but anyway, this lady, she's gone through all these things and there's a hardness about her. She wants to do good, but there's just, life has just slapped her around. But she goes to church one night and the minister says, 
at some point. He says, turn around, find somebody, be friendly, shake their hand and say, blah, blah, blah. And a person turned around and looked at this lady who didn't look like probably everybody else in the congregation. They looked at her and they turned around without shaking her hand. I I can't even imagine that that would happen. That would be like awful. So this lady who um, has had all this rejection and, and hardness of life has one more story in a church. As the story goes, she needed to put her daughter into a school. And so, believe it or not, she tried to find a Christian school because there was still something in her that wanted to do right, that wanted something good for her daughter, maybe something beyond what she had been dealt with in life. And so she goes into this school office and she tells the story that she went in with a hardness, with a brashness, with attitude, major attitude. And she talks with the principal and they're trying to figure out if the little girl can come and those kinds of things. And and she stood up and the principal walks over to her and does something that he does not realize, but he has been orchestrated by God. He walked over to this lady and he put out his hand and he shook her hand. That handshake, that touch that day totally changed the trajectory of that lady's life and the life of her daughter. That lady totally changed from that day. It took a while, but with the help of the Lord, she was changed, her family was changed, and her daughter, I can tell you right now, is mightily used by God, teaching in a college, and it all happened because of a touch. You see, God knows how to use the touch. We are called to do the work of Christ. We are called to love our neighbors as ourselves, And I believe we are called to do what Jesus was called to do. When he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The Lord has called us to touch. The Lord has called us to send a form of healing. And if we will be sensitive to the Spirit, we won't just walk by the leper, which we wouldn't see a leper, but we won't just walk by the down and the out We won't just walk by the poor and just turn our head maybe, but we are called to touch. 
we are called to do the work of the Lord. I'll never forget it. And it doesn't matter the circumstances, but I was leaving church one Sunday night and something had been said that just crushed my spirit. It literally crushed my spirit. And I was thinking, why have we done what we've done all of our lives? What, why, why have we done this? And I'm feeling horrible. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm ready to walk out and I'm ready to just, I, I don't know what I was ready to do, but I was distraught. I hit the foyer of our church and a lady by the name of Hilda Lopez. Uh, she and her husband worked in our Spanish ministry at the time. She saw me. She had no idea that I was distraught. She came over and gave me a huge hug. She said, I am so glad I know you. I love you, Sister Marcus. Thank you for everything you do. I tell you, I walked out of that church that night a different person. Why? Because somebody followed the leading of the Spirit and touched my life. I was a leper that night. I was feeling like an outcast. I was an emotional, psychological mess. But you know what? Someone was led by the Spirit that just said, she needs a hug and she needs a word of encouragement. The touch. It all started with Jesus. It didn't bother him to touch the leper. It didn't bother him to touch little children and bless them. We are sent to do the work of the Lord now. Ask the Lord, who can I touch? Whose hand can I pat? Whose shoulder can I put my arm around? Lead me to those that maybe feel like there's no hope. Because you know what? There is hope. And you and I are those that can bring peace. And we can bring love. And we can bring joy. And we can show somebody that they are loved. And so that's what this podcast is all about today. The touch. It started with Jesus. And you know what? If we're his children, we will go out and touch someone that needs to know you are somebody. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a marvelous work of God. And even if life has thrown you all kinds of leprosy and you're full of it and all the things that it does to you, there's hope beyond that. There's a life for you. And so let us be conduits of the work of God. Let us touch and love. And that is my little thought for today as I bring it to you from sunny yet chilly Fort Myers. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Touch somebody's life this week. And touch my life as well by sharing this podcast, giving it a thumbs up on 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever, however you can get it. God bless. Have a wonderful week.